All right, we're joined by Paul Hoynes from Cleveland.com. Paul, good to hear from you again in the in the new year. Definitely, Joe. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, uh, and uh, Happy New Year to Jay Bruce, who uh, who uh, signed a thirty nine million dollar contract or has agreed to a thirty nine million dollar contract with the uh, with the Mets. He's going back. Uh, does this mean we get Ryder Ryan back? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm not sure it works that way, but yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, Joe. That uh, I'm happy for uh, Jay Bruce. He you know that that's a pretty good deal, but you know at the start of the free agent uh, period, his agent was looking for a five years five year deal worth eighty million. So it shows you just where where the market is right now, and there's a lot of a lot of players out there kind of starting to twist in the wind a little bit. Yeah, all the big names are still on the board with the you know uh, Hosmer, Martinez, Mustakas, even Lorenzo Cain. They're all still still out there. Uh, but this is not to give uh, a lot of hope to to any Indians fans who are either a upset about Jay Bruce uh, being gone or b hopeful that the Indians might still bring somebody in. I I think it was was pretty clearly communicated by Chris Antonetti and and Mike Chernoff that the uh, the Indians shopping uh, trip is 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 done for 2018. Yeah, I think it it started and ended with uh, you know Yonder Alonso. Uh, the $16 million uh, two-year deal that uh, the Indians gave him. Um, I think there's still, you know, a possibility, Joe, that, uh, you know, just the way there's so many uh, free agents still out there, and, you know, once the music stops, the kind of somebody's going to be stuck without a chair. And uh, I think that then uh, the Indians and a lot of, of other teams are going to get some good bargains here. So I think there's they've still got, you know, there's still like a, an, an emergency, uh, emergency, uh, like a little piggy bank stuck somewhere in Paul Dolan's uh, office that they can crack open and, and spend some money on. You know, especially in the bullpen, I would think they'd they'd add a, they'd add a reliever there. And I, I know they're going to bring in, you know, more guys on minor league deals and and uh, just try to, you know, have a lot of competition in the bullpen and try to, you know, fill those two spots or three spots really. You know, vacated by Logan and and uh, Sean and and Joe Smith. Well, and and is there a Rajay Davis or an Austin Jackson? I actually, I believe Austin Jackson is still out there. Uh, yeah, Austin and and Rajay are still. You know, out but there. but is there a 2018 version of you, you mentioned? Uh, you know, uh, spring training invitees and things like that. Those that that's what happened with both of those guys, correct? Right. Yeah. You know, they both turned into you know very good. Uh, kind of center fielders slash platoon guys. Uh, Austin Jackson, Jackson put up big numbers, and so did Raja. You know, I think right now I think they, you know, they think Melvin Upton, who is coming to camp on the same kind of deal, is, mm-hmm. is this year's version or this spring's version of, of Davis and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and Alec, you know, and Austin Jackson. I think, uh, you know that's the guy they're counting on, but I would I would not be surprised if they brought in another guy like that. You know, some kind of right-handed hitter, an outfielder that can you know play play in the outfield or maybe in in the infields. But because they need they need uh, you know their their lineup is is leaning so heavily left-handed. I think that they need a they need a right-handed hitter to balance that out. All right. Uh, other news from uh, this week: uh, Cody Allen avoids arbitration and signs his one-year deal. It's uh, reported around ten million dollars. That's a 
a pretty nice uh, little uh, pay increase for for Cody Allen for this year, his uh, his final year before free agency. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think he signed for like ten point five seven five, and uh, that's a you know he he was making seven point three last year. Uh, he was you know there, if I think if he'd gone to arbitration, I think he definitely would have made more. Um, and uh, so that surprises me a little bit. It also surprises me that the Indians, to my uh, recollection, have never offered this guy a uh, an extension. They offer everybody extensions, and uh, but you know if you noticed, you know Shaw, Allen, you know very, uh, those back end guys that are that get a lot of heavy use, they have stayed away from them. And uh, it, as far as extensions go, and I you know I think. Uh, Hopefully Cody makes it through the season healthy and in one piece and goes on to a big payday like uh, Shaw because I think, uh, you know, the writing's on the wall, especially for a player when they get this close to free agency. Uh, you know, you know, you know, you put in the six, the six years in the big leagues and uh, this is your reward. And, uh, if the Indians haven't offered him an extension by now, I think, uh, you know, he's walking out the door at the end of the, the 2018 season, probably him and Andrew Miller. Yeah, don't even get the fans started on uh, Andrew Miller uh, walking at the end of the season because that that'll bring even more outrage than the. Uh, if you thought the outrage over Jay Bruce walking was was bad, <laughs> just, just wait until the Andrew Miller uh, free agent uh, market opens up. Yeah, you know, and you know, Joe, you think about it. You know, I mean, I, I still think the Indians are the best team in the division. And I think uh, they're going to win. They'll win the, the AL Central. Uh, but if they don't, you know, you're, you're looking at midseason. Do you trade Anderson? You know, do you trade? Uh, do you trade Miller? Do you trade Cody Allen? You know, th- those are the kind of moves you know a team that's that's struggling makes. And uh, I, I don't expect them to be in that position. But you know, who knows? That's that's going to be another you know one of these years where you've got a bunch of guys headed toward free agents. You know, Brantley, uh, Cody Allen. Uh, you know, uh, Andrew Miller and, uh, you know, Tomlin and, and Lonnie Chisenhall as well. All right. Uh, other news, uh, that, that came out this week or, or that, uh, that you actually reported on, uh, Jason Kipnis sort of, uh, being a little more clear on where he's going to be playing in 2018. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard over the weekend that uh, the Indians have told him that, you know, if he, it's pretty much assured he's going to be playing at second base. Of course, he could still be traded, you know, obviously, or, or you know, I, I guess nothing is, is guaranteed. But, uh, I, you know, I think that they, they basically told him that, you know, when you come to camp, you're going to be, get ready as a second baseman. And if, you know, let's say Brantley isn't ready in left field, you might have to go out there and play a little bit out there. But to me, Joe, this this was the logical thing all along, and I still still don't get it why they didn't do this in the postseason. I thought playing Kipnis in center field, you know, that's no fault of his against the Yankees. I thought that disrupted the whole club to me. I, I, I thought it threw him off, kind of kilter, and it, you know, and it certainly. I don't know, if, you know, you know, Ramirez didn't hit anyways, and either did Kipnis or Lindor, but you know, I, I just thought that was the much more stable uh, alignment that they could have used. But, hey, you know, I don't get paid to, 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 to make out the line. So I'm, I'm kind of glad they're leaning this way now that I think they'll go to camp, you know. You know and and the, the guy you most 
is probably most affected is is Ramirez, and you know he's he's such a good player, and he's he's got so confident. And I don't think it really matters where he plays. He can play second, he can play third, he can play left field. You know, you will miss you know some defense obviously up the middle. That was that was a really really strong you know uh, uh, middle of the infield uh, combination with Lindor and, and Ramirez, and you've got a you've got a great chance. You know. You think about it, if, if Zimmer comes back all the way and you've got Gomes and uh, Ramirez behind the plate, that's really – I mean, Kipnis is, is is a solid second baseman as well, but that's really strong up-the-middle defense, and, you know, that's what teams are built around. Right, and had they gone, to, you know, back to that alignment in the in the playoffs, we might be, not be talking about uh, Giovanni Urshela's errors in, in game four and, and, you know, even heading back to Cleveland for game five, that – Right, that might not have even been the case. And you could have played, you know, you could have, should have, would have. I still don't understand why they they didn't think they could play Austin Jackson in center field. So, uh, right, you know, but uh, they know more than we do, I guess. A week from Saturday, this this weekend is going to be the the Armageddon of snow, as as, as we've heard. So, <laughs> uh, but next weekend, the uh, all these faces will be in town for Tribe Fest, and we're hearing a lot of. Uh, Really cool things that are going to be happening at the convention center. Um, I know uh, you are going to be on a beach somewhere, which is the, the, <laughs> the best thing I've heard in a long time. But, but uh, you know, for the for the Indians fans who are, are coming to town uh, for this this big tribe festival, it's going to be at the Cleveland Convention Center again or for the first time this year, and they've got about ten times more space than they did the last couple of years uh, having it in hotels. Uh, the Indians really seem like they're trying to to gear this towards the fan experience, and, and that that's got to be great for uh, the folks coming in to uh, to meet with the players. Oh yeah, this it's always fun, uh, Joe. I mean, I I think it's it's one day today, I and mean, one day right. this time. Yeah, and I think what morning is afternoon session, something right, like the, that, or yeah, the morning it, it, the morning the morning sessions for season ticket holders, and then you know from about noon until seven, they're going to be it's open to the public. Yeah, that's it's that's a blast. I like going there. I just like going as a fan, walking around and uh you know, you just you see all you see the fans, you know, they've got sliders there, you can, you know, bang on John Adams drum and I guess they've got a lot more stuff, batting cages now, mm-hmm. some fishing cages and uh, you know, with a lot more room. It it'll it'll be fun. I, and uh, it's it's you know, you, every team does this and it it really kind of gets you going and it gets the fans' interest pointed towards the season and spring training, and it, it's just a great break from the winter weather, and uh, you know, get get your thoughts turned to baseball. The, you know, the best season out. You know, the, this is the time. So you know, you you sit here and you look out the window and at the snow, and uh, then you go to Tribe Fest and, you, and you're ready to go, man. You're ready to for <laughs> opening day. Well, speaking of ready for opening day, the Indians uh, yesterday released their their finalized schedule for the uh, for the upcoming season. Uh, so April and May, we're looking at six o'clock home starts again, which is something that I know uh, you know we both think is is pretty wonderful. Yeah. Uh, they also they moved getaway day games to one ten starts from from noon starts, which, which is another thing that I think we both can can really appreciate as as a uh, Reporters and, and journalists who cover the games. Yeah, uh, a couple more hours sleep isn't bad after a night game, definitely. Yeah, it, it sort of feels like you're at the park for two days straight when that happens. Um, 
another thing, uh, they're on TV, I, I believe, a, a dozen times national TV. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, which is which is nice. And and the Puerto Rico games are are set. The the, the two game series in Puerto Rico against the Twins. Uh, I know you you followed that a little bit. So uh, you know, are there any other details about that in, in terms of Puerto Rico being prepared enough in the the wake of the hurricane for for the teams to come down there? Yeah, as, as you know, I've talked to a couple MLB officials and uh, you know that have been down there. They say you know, then just from what I've read, you know, the ballpark is fine. They're playing winter league games down there at at Hiram Bithorn uh, Stadium in San Juan. Um, you know, they had a press conference there yesterday. Uh, Paul Dolan was down there, and uh, Paul Dolan and Roberto Perez from the Indians, uh, David St. Peter, and uh, you know Eddie Rosario and Kenny Vargas and uh, from from the Twins were there, uh, and I think I think it's it's a great thing for the island. Um, I think it it'll you know help uh, you know Major League Baseball is making a million dollar donation to help in the recovery. Uh, so it's 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 a big thing for the island. Baseball has always been you know a, a great sport there. Uh, and the, I know the winter leagues have taken a hit over the last few years. But it's starting to come back, and uh, you know, the, and Puerto Rico is starting to produce a lot more players, a lot of exciting young players. You know, Francisco Lindor and, and Roberto Perez and Baez. You know, uh, from the Cubs. You know, there's a lot of guys uh, coming out of Puerto Rico now, which is a good sign that baseball is coming back. And I, it's just, I, I the Indians played uh, played a couple a couple exhibition games there against the Mets. This is about. 10, 11 years ago during spring training, and I went over, and I had a blast. We went over to Sandy Alomar's parents' <laughs> house, and uh, he showed us around. It was really fun. It was uh, – so I'm, I'm, I, I would imagine – I hope it's that kind of experience again. I know the island is still recovering, you know, from the hurricanes. The power, you know, maybe 50% of the island doesn't have power yet, but I think the stadium, game-wise, you know, from a game point of view, is structurally sound. Uh, they're going to do some improvements for the lights uh, at the ballpark. Both games will be night games, 7, 10 p.m. And uh, the tickets go on sale Saturday. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. it. It should be a great event. Oh, and you mentioned tickets. I, I know I had read somewhere that the uh, the games that are being played now and the, the winter league games that are being played now are, are being, like, just open to the fans down there. Uh, no ticket. You don't have to buy a ticket. You can just come to the games and – and and watch and enjoy the baseball is sort of like a part of the healing process for for the folks down there. Yeah, that's cool. You know, baseball. You know, is uh, you know has always been uh, you know kind of. I remember after uh, you know nine eleven. You know the 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 season kind of stopped and uh, and uh, you know that for I think they didn't play games for maybe six, seven, eight games. And then when games when the games came back, it was part of that healing process, you know, after mm-hmm. a national tragedy. And, and I think, you know, they probably feel this. Obviously, they feel the same way in Puerto Rico about that. I think it's baseball uh, kind of reaches across the generations and can reach all the fans. And, you know, it gives you, you know, two or three hours to forget, you know, to forget forget that you don't, that you don't have electricity, I guess. You can forget, right. forget your problems and, and concentrate on the game. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to be part of the, the upcoming Indian schedule for the season that was released yesterday. Uh, you can find it online here on Cleveland.com, on Indians.com. 
next week, uh, at some point, uh, I'm sorry, on the 25th, the Indians will release their promotional schedule. So we'll find out about the uh, the what bobbleheads and Jersey Knights and, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, it's a, it's it's fun to see the the promotional schedule because you can pretty much uh, predict some of the players who uh, you know are are maybe sort of the the teams maybe committed to by by knowing at what point in the season their Jersey Night is uh, is coming about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be interesting. You won't see an Andrew Miller or a Cody Allen Jersey Night in uh, in August or September. Yeah, you uh, might on, have a yeah, you might have a warehouse full of those. That's the case. But uh, I, I did. Uh, a little bird told me that one of the reasons why they they waited for the um, the release of the the promotional schedule is because the Hall of Fame announcement is coming on the twenty fourth. Oh yeah. And they wanted to wait until after the Hall of Fame announcement to release the promotional schedule. So that leads me to believe that one of the giveaways for the uh, the season might be tied to a potential Indians Hall of Fame inductee for the season. Yeah, I would and, uh, think so. And I'll leave it at that. That's good deductive work on your part. But, you know, it, it looks like just like, you know, from the voting that's been online, Joe, it looks like, uh, you know, Tommy has a great chance to get in. That would be first ballot Hall of Famer. That would be great. I, I hope – I wish him all the luck, you know. And, and Omar is, is – it looks like he's got about 28 to 27 percent of the vote. And so that means he's going to stay on the ballot, which is which is a good thing as well. Yeah, the longer you stay on the ballot like uh, like that, the more uh, the more you get uh, you know enough of the percentage of the vote to stay on the ballot. The, you know, the is, is there a case of it's the, the better chance that you get uh, in front of the voters and you say uh, they'll finally relent and, and maybe let you in? Is that a, is that a yeah? I think, I think that's that? crucial. I think that's crucial, Joe. I mean. You know, the longer you're on the ballot, especially a crowded ballot like this with, you know, the steroid guys and, you know, you got Bonds, you got Clemens, you've got Manny Ramirez, you've got Sheffield, you've got all those guys kind of splitting the votes and, and uh, you know, the debate rages on, do, do you vote for them or do you, do you not vote for them? And then, you know, then you've got great guys, you know, you've got good players like Jeff Kent that kind of get passed over a little bit. And so I think as long as you get that 5%, and, and you keep and you're stay on the ballot for you know, you know look at Blylevin, Bert Blylevin. I think he didn't make it till his 14th or 15th year, and but he he got enough votes where people studied his 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 stats and were able to debate this case, and and his stature grew and grew. He didn't win another game, obviously, but right. but, it, but you know his you know in the eyes of the voters, his stock improved. So hopefully that will happen with Omar as well, because to me he's. He's a Hall of Famer. I have no doubt about that. So, uh, you know, just to recap, if we're handicapping, I think we think uh, Tommy's pretty much a shoe in for for first ballot. Yeah, I think I think Tommy gets in. It looks like uh, Chipper Jones, uh, Trevor Hoffman is right there as well. This could be a really big class. I mean, mm-hmm. you've already got Morris and Allen from the Veterans Committee, uh, and uh, so the, they could there could be five to six, seven guys. In this class, have you uh, have you ever been to uh, induction weekend in, in Cooperstown? Yeah, you know, Joe, I was uh, when I was president of the BBWA uh, in uh, I forget I got I can't remember what year, but but uh, Cal Ripken and uh, Tony Gwynn got in that year, and uh, I had I had uh, the the privilege of not inducting them, but inducting uh, you know the Spink winner, the the 
the uh, the, the winner from the the you know the writer that that won the Spink Award. So that was really cool. That was, uh, you know, it was like you, that you be, you're on that stage in uh, in Cooperstown, you know, looking out over the audience. It, it looked like to me, it reminded me of Woodstock or something. I mean, there were like twenty thousand, thirty thousand people there, and you know they were they were there to see Ripken and Gwynn, and that, but just to be there and be sitting on the stage with all those hall of famers that that was a blast man that was that was that was crazy yeah we went out there uh we took my son out uh just for a little two-day trip out there this uh this past season and and saw the the museum and that was his big deal was was being able to be in the museum and uh the displays the locker displays with all the current players uh equipment and everything and he saw Jason Kipnis's bat. He was so excited, and uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, it's uh, it, it, it's a great place. I, it, it it will be overrun with Indians fans if uh, if Tommy is announced. I think. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, you it, think it, Tommy? You, you think Tommy goes in wearing an Indians hat? Oh yeah, no sure. doubt about it. He's he said he'll go in as as an Indian. That's I think that's where he's accomplished his biggest events. You know, biggest numbers and stuff. I I no doubt that he'd go in as an Indian. Uh, uh, I think he's already said that, and and the Hall of Fame kind of makes that decision for the player if he's right, you know. So I think they look where his biggest contributions were, and uh, you know, so this this would be, I, if I'm mis- not mistaken, this would be the first Indian you know elected as an Indian that goes in as an Indian since uh, Larry Doby, I think. Wow, that's yeah. that's quite and a Larry stretch. Do- yeah, Larry Doby got in, you know, this was – Larry Doby probably got in 10, 20 years ago, but, you know, long after he had been retired. Right, but was, that, wasn't he a, a veterans uh, committee or, or whatever yeah, iteration yeah, he was of the a veterans, veterans committee? Like, yeah. this isn't this isn't like a – like, this would be the first time a, a modern Indians player, yeah. like, uh, you know, anybody connected with the the great Jacobs Field era uh, teams or right. anything like that. This is, this is the yeah, first yeah. one of those. Yeah, because you know, you know, Robbie, Robbie Alomar got in, but as a uh, Blue Jay, mm-hmm. and uh, Eddie got in as a, as an Oriole, and uh, Winfield got in, I think, as a Yankee. And uh, let me see, you know, this might be the first. I'd have to look it up, but maybe since early win, you know, pure Indian, and I don't know if early got in. I think he he won a, he got in by the writers, and I don't right. know when early win got in, but he, that might be the last Indian you know voted in. Yeah, I, I mean, this is the, the situation where, you know, a player retires, six years later becomes eligible, and then, you know, within the first few years of his eligibility gets voted in. And this this might be the first time in quite a long time an Indians player has gotten in. Yeah, and probably well, maybe the first first ballot guy since Feller. You know, I'm just wow. – that's just off the top of my head, but – you know that, that that's really something. That'd be great if he. I hope he gets it. You know, but in, and the, the polling. You know, if you, you know, with I think maybe forty percent of the votes in, it looks pretty good for Jim. So you know, you got to get seventy five percent. So you know, hopefully uh, he hangs in there. Uh, anything with the the Indian schedule that was released that that you see as a you know any sort of things that stand out. I know we, the, the the team opens in Seattle uh, the first couple of games there uh, that in, in late March, and then uh, the home opener against Kansas City. Uh, there's, I think, one Sunday night baseball game scheduled yeah, uh, against yeah. Houston that stands out. Uh, yeah, that's anything, the thing anything that else? Out of, yeah, that's the thing that jumped out about, me, about 
about uh, the schedule. You know, just looking at the Sunday night ESPN uh, baseball, uh, I think it's May 20th, May something, in May. Um, they're playing the Astros at, at uh, Minute Maid Park. Uh, you know, so that'll be, that'll be, you know, that'll be a good, that should be a good game. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, 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 I'd like to, uh, in the interleague games, I like, I think Pittsburgh is coming to town or they're playing Pittsburgh. And I, I always like that when, you know, you know, I, I like the, the Reds rivalry, but you know, when, when they can play the Pirates too, I think that's kind of cool. You know, that's, you know, if there was ever any kind of realignment in baseball, I would imagine Cincinnati, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, might be in the same division, so so that's kind of cool to think about. Well, I know the Cubs come to town uh, for a for a, a homestand, and uh, I think the Indians go to St. Louis. So you know, playing that uh, that National League Central uh, should be uh, a, an interesting uh, you know part of the season. There, uh, the, the Indians uh, you know did pretty well last year, I believe, against the actually no they uh, against the West. Uh, the NL West last year was the was the division that they played, and that was one of the best in in, yeah. in baseball. And uh, you know they they did not do well against Arizona. They yeah. they did not do well against uh, San Francisco, and I, I believe they split uh, they split the Dodgers like two to one. Or yeah, something like that. yeah, right, right. They did not. You know, the, for the last couple of years, they haven't played real well in in in, in interleague play, and especially in the National League ballparks. I think uh, you know. I know Frank Kona hates playing, you know, playing a man short or a hitter short, and I don't know if that's a reflex on the, on the outcome of the games. But uh, you know, I, um, they, they, you know, and usually I think, you know, historically they're right around 500, I believe, you know, in interleague games. Uh, so it kind of ebbs and flows, I guess. All right. So next week, uh, I will have, or we will, have, I will be there, and we will have access to. Uh, Indians players prior to um, the the Tribe Fest event, uh, so we'll we'll get audio from them and and maybe do some uh, some podcast uh, type features uh, next week, and then uh, the following week, uh, obviously the the Hall of Fame announcement, and and we should be back with with more stuff there. So it's starting to ramp up now, Hoinsey. Uh, the, uh, the the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards are coming. Everything's coming all at once here in, in, in late January for us. Yes, when when uh, the calendar flips to January 1st, uh, it starts flying by, and baseball is is not far away. It, it really does. It you know before you know it, it's it's you know time to time for the team to report to spring training. I think they're report February 14th. Pitchers and catchers, the good year and. Uh, and and then it's like a then it's the the train that doesn't stop running, man. You better grab on at the caboose and hang on. All right, time to go to work, Lindsay. We will uh, talk to you again uh, at some point. Definitely not next week. Uh, enjoy your trip, but then uh, right. following that after the uh, the Hall of Fame announcement. Take care. Thanks, Joe.